0: Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of LifePoint Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, check out lpcvan.com forward slash youth. Open up your Bibles. Open up your Bibles. We're in in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, and we are in our current series called Wrecked and Rescued, okay? And so here is how Matthew 18 works. Movement number one, sin will wreck you. Sin takes no prisoners. Sin will destroy your life. And so we see Jesus tells us this message, do whatever it takes to avoid sin. Cut off your hand, gouge out your eye, delete your followers, delete your social media, block a contact, do whatever it takes, no matter how radical, because sin will wreck you. So we felt that the first week. The next week we came in and we said, you know what, sin will wreck you, but Jesus will rescue you. And we learned how Jesus is like a shepherd who goes after the straying sheep. He's like, and they're getting lost. And Jesus is like, I love you too much to let you do that. And he rescues you. Christian, when you start to stumble into sin, Jesus rescues you. And then last week, week three, we learned how he rescues us. We learned, and guys, this blows our mind. We learned that the way that God rescues you is through us. And we learned that God, the way that he rescues the lost sheep, he says, hey, I want you to go and tell her your sister that she's sinning. I'm going, to rescue, I'm going to rescue Jake. And so, hey, 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 Christian Bale, I want you, I want you to go, it, that's his name, I want you to go and rescue your brother. He rescues you through us. And so here are a couple of situations, right? So here's what we realize, because maybe you've been there. Maybe you've had to confront a brother or a sister and tell them, hey, you're in sin, but there's a couple of different situations. Check this out, okay? The first situation, you go up to your friend and you say, you're sinning and you're hurting yourself. And we talked about that last week to where you go to your friend and it's like you're pleading with them and you're like, sister, listen, like your sin will wreck you. Please, your sin will wreck you. It is, you are hurting yourself. And so I'm calling you, please listen to me, repent. And so maybe you've been there. But there's a different conversation sometimes. Sometimes when you approach someone, you're not saying that you're hurting yourself. Sometimes you approach someone and you say, hey, you're sinning and you're actually hurting me. You're sinning right now and you're not only gonna wreck yourself, you're wrecking me. You're wrecking your relationship with me and I'm getting caught. I'm the subject, I'm the recipient of your sin. And so we know that God wants to rescue your friends. We know that God wants to rescue your fellow Christians when they fall. We know that he wants to use you to be a part of it. But students, what if the person that is sinning, what if you kind of don't really want them to be rescued because they really hurt you in their sin? What if you you kind of don't want to see God rescue them and, and you're kind of a little bit bitter about things because if you're being honest, They should get what they deserve. You ever been there? Have you ever had to have situation number two? I have. Every time you get married, or every time, (laughs) every time, every marriage, all one of them, to be clear, right, but like every single one of you, if you get married, like, conversation number two happens on a weekly basis, right? My wife has this conversation on a daily basis with me. I have it on a weekly basis, right? Guys, this is inevitable. This is part of life. And you you don't need to be, you know, 30 years old to realize this. You will get hurt. People will offend you. People will stumble into sin and be completely ignorant to how it's impacting you. I will fail you. You're the youth pastor. I will fail you. I will sin against you, you will cry. It will be kind of sad. Your parents will sin against you. Your BFF, the, who, like the one that you made like the no sin contract with, you're my BFF as long as we never sin against each other. They're gonna break it. You're gonna hurt one another, students. And so the question that we need to ask ourselves is when situation number two happens, what do you do? When you're fellow Christian, right? Because it's like, you know what? All right, I'm going to give her a pass because she doesn't know Jesus. But dude, my boy, he knows Jesus. He knows better. How could he be doing this? Doesn't he realize that he's hurting me? Doesn't he realize that he's putting strain on the relationship because of the direction he's going? What do you do? What have you done? What should you do? And so, this is the answer we're going to ask today. Or, this is the question we're going to ask and the one that we're going to answer. And we're going to find out right in this passage. And this is, dude, this narrative. Like, I was talking to some students with Skylar. Skylar was in my office and Isaac, and we we're reading it. And he's like, this could be a movie. And I was like, it should be. Or he was like, I see movies in my heads. And I was like, I hear voices. Maybe we can, like, put my audio with your video and we can make a movie, right? But, dude, this is like a movie. So, close your eyes and just listen, all right? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Here we go. Starting in verse 21. You with me? What do we do? Are you with me? Dude, I'm, going, I'm going if you're with me or not, but I just want to make sure I'm not alone. You with me? Let's do this, all right? So check it out. Starting in verse 21, okay? Here we go. Then Peter. Now, pause there, because <laughs> when I picture Peter in this passage, I picture Gaston. I just, I just want to give you that image. It'll make more sense later, okay? Just imagine Gaston, right? So Peter. Peter came up and he said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? And I forgive him as many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. And so we see that Peter, he's talking about situation number two, right? He says, my brother sins against me. He's talking about situation number two. And we see that at least Peter knows the right answer. And the right answer is forgive them, right? Peter must have been walking enough now with Jesus. He's he's a follower of Jesus enough to where he has learned that followers of Jesus forgive people. He's been walking with Jesus long enough to learn that the right answer is forgiveness. And so he's like, I know, I know. We have to forgive them. But what does that mean to forgive? What does it mean? There's a lot of misconceptions about forgiveness, right, in this day and age. And it's like, well, if you forgive me, then you'll just let me do what I was doing beforehand and continue to subject yourself to my pain. And you're like, I don't think that's forgiveness, right? That's just foolishness. So so forgiveness does not mean I'm going to continue to subject myself to you and not be wise. Forgiveness does not mean that, hey, you know what, let's just pretend like nothing ever happened and, and you know, let's just ignore the consequences. Forgiveness doesn't mean that I'm going to just like, you know, hey, I... What I, I'm just going to, you know, you don't ignore things. This is my simple definition for forgiveness, okay? And we're going to see this in this movie today. I decide to not hold your debt against you. That's forgiveness. You sinned against me, right? You caused, uh, you, you now owe me a debt. You owe me one. And But forgiveness says, I, you know what? I'm, you don't owe me that debt. That little voice inside of you when somebody wrongs you, and dude, don't pretend like I'm the only one, that little voice inside of you that goes, they must pay, right? I'm not the only one, am I? Dude, liars, right? That little voice, maybe you look less ugly, right? But you're just like, "They, they will make them pay. Literally, you're using debt language. They owe you, I will make them pay. Forgiveness says, I'm not gonna make them pay. I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not going to make them pay by inflicting pain on them. I'm not going to make them pay by withholding emotional, psychological warfare games with them. You know? Oh, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And you're like, you're still trying to make me pay, right? You're still trying to make me feel bad for what I did. And forgiveness says, you know what? I'm not going to make you pay. I'm not going to make you pay. And so the question, if that's the right answer, students, if the right answer is simply, guys, just go forgive, have a good night, you would leave here, you get into your car, and you go, wait a minute, I, but that doesn't make any sense. Like, how, how often should I do that? Like, Sam, how, how often do I forgive my bro, and like, how often do I forgive my sister, and how often do I forgive you, and how often do I, like, when's enough enough, Right? Is it like three strikes and you're out? And now it's just like, you're dead to me, right? What what does that look like? And so that's the question that Peter's asking. He says, how often, how many times do I forgive? And here's where the Gaston comes in. Dude, this is hilarious. Because Peter, he thinks he's being generous, right? He goes, Jesus, I know, I know. Not one, not two, not three, not, I'm not going to do it, right? Seven times. And he's there just going, I know, seven, right? And like, just imagine the crowd, and they're like, oh my gosh, that Peter, he's so merciful, right? Like, can't you just imagine? Like, I just picture like ladies around him, maybe not really, right? But I just, I picture kinda like the Gaston swooners, and they're all like, Gaston, and they're just like, Peter, he's so merciful, seven times, what a guy, he's so generous, right? And he's just like, yeah, seven times, yeah, I said it, right? And all the guys are like, I wish I would've thought of seven times, right? And But Jesus, right, he's not impressed. Jesus says to him, he goes, not, Jesus says, I don't want you to be generous with your forgiveness. I want you to be radical, radical. Look what Jesus responds. He says, I do not say to you seven times. And everybody's like, Peter was even upping Jesus. Jesus wouldn't even go up to seven. Peter's more spiritual than, oh, that Peter guy. He goes, I'm not saying to you seven. And they're like, oh, I actually say to you 77 times, or most translations say 70 times seven. And everyone's like, "Holy oh, that peer!" Right, and all the sixth graders are like taking out their calculators, like 70 times seven, can't read the one, right? And it's like, Jesus is like, dude, dude, dude. I, it's not, the point is not 300, okay? 70 times seven. The point is not 300. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to see who was calculating because the point is not to get the calculator out. The point is this. Forgiveness in the kingdom has no limit. right? All the scribes that were there with their beads and their little math things were like, 70 times seven, how many times is that? They're like, no. He goes, that's not the point. I'm not bringing that up. The point is this. Stop counting. The point is this. When a brother or a sister in Christ repents. When a brother or sister in Christ listens to you, recognizes their wrongdoing and says, you're right. I'm sorry. There's no, you don't, you don't count. There's no three strikes. There's not even seven strikes, Peter. He says, no, as often as a Christian repents, that's how often you forgive them. That's how often you, the church, forgive them and invite them back in radical right how would you feel when jesus said that like you're sitting there and you imagine the crowd and they're all sitting there and peter's going seven times and they're like some of the guys are seven times dude i'm not forgiving that dude seven times peter's crazy and then jesus goes 70 times seven and they're like why it's like jesus all right we get it you're a nice guy right but why right and jesus is like i'm not a nice guy There's a reason why I'm saying this. I'm not just a nice guy, I should say, right? He goes, there's something bigger going on here. There's something spiritual, friends. And in order to tell us why, in order to bang home the point of why there's no limit to this forgiveness, he gives us one of the most epic stories in the New Testament. And he gives us the story of the unforgiving servant. Check out the story here. Check it out. Starting in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wishes to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. You guys ready for the story? You guys ready for this? Here's scene one. Scene one is a helpless debt. A helpless debt. So we find, right, here's this king, here's this master, and he's like, all right, it's the end of the month, I gotta do my bills. It's time to call in all of my debts. And so he finds this dude who owes him 10,000 talents. Now, if you're like me, when I was in middle school, I remember reading this going, how many skills does a person have to have to get out of debt, right? I don't have 10,000 talents, I have like four, right? Anybody confused a little bit, right? Did you realize, I didn't even know that, talent doesn't mean like a skill, right? It's not like, well, he can like stand on his head, he can balance plates, he can juggle, he can hula hoop while jumping through fire. No, 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 a talent, this is what a talent was, it's crazy, a talent was 20 years worth of wages. The most that I can even like compare to is like a pension. Right? Like imagine you've been working your whole life, you get to retirement age, and all the money that you've saved up in retirement, let's say like enough to live for another 20 years, that's one talent. How many people want a talent? Right here. How many people want a talent, right? Yeah, yeah. all the married men were like, yes, please, right? That's one talent. But look what he says. He says the king was owed 10,000 talents. All the six graders with the calculators are out again, right? 20, carry the one, $10 an hour. Dude, this is more money than you can imagine. This is more money than you will make in your entire lifetime. Don't ask me how he got into debt. Don't ask me how you rack up that much debt. I mean, even Vegas doesn't have that much money, right? 10,000 talents and he owed it to the king. And so imagine you're this dude, right? And you have this debt. Right? You're like, yeah, I owe my buddy five bucks. Yeah, I owe my mom ten bucks. Yeah, I owe my friend twenty bucks. Because all the laughing going on. There's a lot of owing oh here, isn't there? I'm sensing it. Yes. Right. And so let's say you owe a buddy forty bucks for buying your tickets for you. Like, you know you owe this much, and you get a call. Right? And it's like, bzz, bzz. You're like, dude, who's calling me? And you go, oh, it's the castle. Right? <laughs> Wherever the king lives. Right? I don't know. He's just, dude, it's, it's the White House. And you're like, oh, I can't ignore. He'll know. <clears throat> hello. <clears throat> hello. Now. C- see you right now. Sh- sure, yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. I'll be, thank you so, yeah, oh, hello. Okay. So he goes and he's just like the whole way. he's like, what's gonna happen here? What is going to happen here? I, don't- I hope he doesn't call me on my dad. I don't have anything, right? I'm broke as a joke and he's going and he's going and he comes in and he goes, you wanted to see me? You- I'm here, right? And he's like, oh, hey, servant, how you doing? Uh, real quick, I just need you to like, pay me my debt real quick. I'm, I'm calling in all my favors. And you're like, but I don't have it. How much do you have? I got a five. <laughs> but you owe me $34 trillion. Well, I, don't, I don't have it. Back in the day, if you were to go to a restaurant and the waitress brings you out your check and you say, oops, I forgot my wallet. You know what they would make you do? They say, well, here's another way that you can pay your bill. Put on this apron, right? And where do they send you? Are you guys really this little? Oh my gosh, you're so little. Watch some movies or something, right? They send you to the kitchen and they'll make you wash dishes. And they say, you owe us 30 bucks, so we'll pay 10 bucks an hour, right? For three hours, wash dishes. How many dishes is this guy gonna to have to wash to pay off his debt? <laughs> How many hours is he gonna work? And that's exactly what the king does. Look what the king says. He says, since he could not pay, his master said, well, you need to be sold then. You need to go do dishes, except you're gonna become a servant, a bond servant. You're gonna become a slave until you work it off. But king, I, if I worked for the next 30 years, 24 hours a day, I still wouldn't pay it off. You're right, what should we do about this? Well, we'll sell your wife, too. She'll work toward your debt. But that's still not enough. You're right. Bring in the kiddo. Tommy, come here, right? He's had a lot more years than you. That still won't be enough. Well, then we'll sell all your possessions, too. But it still won't be enough. Well, you know what? I'll cut my losses at that point. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, Mike. Are you feeling this? Dude, you guys don't know the value of money. That's why you don't have a pit in your stomach right now. Like, I'm panicking. Like, imagine if my college debtors called me and said, hey, Mr. Cassis, hope your college education was great. Uh, Really quick, you owe us $50,000. And I'm like, yeah, right away. (sighs) Right, it's like, and so this dude, he has a helpless debt. No matter how much he works, he's gonna be in slavery and servitude for the rest of his life. His wife is in slavery, his kid, poor Tommy, it's over. He's helpless, friends. There is no way he's paying this back. And don't you dare say to me, well, that's just not fair. Why would the king be so mean? Dude, there's nothing mean about this. He owed a debt. This is not a matter of fair. This is exactly what's fair. If he couldn't pay the debt, he shouldn't have taken out the debt. So he's headed into servitude. But look what happens next. Look at the next scene here. Verse 26. So the servant, he does what you and I would both do. The servant fell on his knees, imploring, which means begging, begging him. Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, everybody say pity. Out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. This man had a helpless debt, but fortunately for him, scene two, we find some tremendous mercy. Look what the servant does. Guys, this is like, you got to feel this, all right? He falls on his knees, right? He's imploring him. He's begging. This is earnestly. He says, have patience. I will pay it. There's a servant. He falls on his knees. He says, please have patience. I will pay it. This is like, <laughs> this guy didn't like write like a formal like request letter. Dear Mr. King, I am formally requesting that you reconsider my debt and perhaps give me a little bit more time. I'm filing for an extension. Dude, there's nothing formal about this. There's like dead earnest here, right? This guy's sweating. He's bawling right now. He's not like, please forgive me for my debt. I think that... With more time, I could pay it. Dude, this guy is passionate. He is earnest. He is throwing himself on the mercy of the king because he knows the only hope he has is mercy. You know what's missing from this guy's mouth right now? Excuses. This guy's not making excuses. He's not saying, no, wait, wait, you calculated wrong. He's saying, I know. I know I'm wrong. I know that I've racked up this debt. My only hope is your mercy. And then something crazy happens. He finds mercy out of pity for him, which means mercy. It's like, it's like when you're watching that commercial and it's like, can you hear? And there's like pictures of dogs, right? The prayers of the children. And it's like, meow, right? And you're like, I hated cats before that commercial. And now I feel guilty for not adopting a cat. Right? And you're moved to compassion, right? You have pity on the animals. You're like, Mom, we need seven dogs. She's like, Yeah, right? She's like, What happened? I saw the Sarah McLaughlin commercial. (laughs) You're so little. Oh my gosh, they're so little. Oh my gosh. Go home, homework. Everybody write this down. Google Sarah McLaughlin animal video. Don't Google it, because then you'll want the dogs, right? (laughs) We're starting a new citizens event. Never mind, never mind. All right. And so this dude, he sees the, the, he sees, guys, remember what we saw. Remember, 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 Servant on his knees, begging for patience, swearing. I'll pay it, I'll pay it, I'll pay it. He can't pay it, but he's just do whatever he can't please. And he's moved with compassion. He's moved with pity. And he says, you know what? I'll give you something more than time. I'm not just going to give you more time. I'm not just going to say, all right, you have till Friday, which would have been nice by itself, right? He says, you know what? Don't even worry about it. I'm sorry, like, and like at this point there's like snot like all over his face his eyes are like this puffy his ears somehow got boogers in it, And he's just like <sighs> Like you know just how many people uh, how many ugly criers out there? Come on be honest, right? Dude like in Hollywood. There's like the pretty criers but, like <sniffs> Oh my gosh, I'm super sad, right? I'm an ugly crier like my like my chin does this like weird like novel, like just shaking thing and like my lips curl and I'm like dude, that's not even like a normal thing And then you get like the knot in your throat where you can't swallow. You know what I mean? Like... Right? Dude, there's literally some people that when they cry, I'm convinced they're going to suffocate because they don't breathe. They're like... (laughs) And you're like, oh my gosh, woman! Exhale, exhale, exhale! Right? And so this dude is crying, right? He's just like, he's ugly, he's sobbing, and he goes... Huh? All right. And he goes, "Dude, you know what, man? Like I I can't even imagine what it would feel like to like be sold in a prison. Just like mercy. You're forgiven. You're free. Students, what would that feel like?" What would that feel like? In one moment, in in one moment, you knew that you were headed to prison for the rest of your life, that all of your loved ones were gonna be sold with all of your possessions. And in a fraction of a moment, it all changed. Like imagine you have a book bag full of cement, right? And your boots have lead in them, and you're wearing jeans that cost $400 because they're bedazzled all the way down, and you're just weighed down, right? Some of you really do have those genes. I need to liberate you, okay? So like you're, imagine you're weighed down and in one moment somebody comes and just, oh, you're free. What would you feel like? How light would you feel, right? Are you like, like, do you think that guy was just like coming off his knees going, oh yeah, thanks king. That's a real decent idea, appreciate that. Do you think that's what he's doing? Dude, he's jumping, he's leaping, He's just he doesn't care what he looks like, he's just like, thank you, oh my gosh. That's how I would feel. And so we see that this man with a helpless debt, he found tremendous mercy. And so I want you to imagine his walk home. What do you think his walk home is like? Right? He's not just like, interesting day. He's like, oh my gosh, yes! And he's walking, right? I, I would imagine that he's running home, that he's skipping home, that he's like posting on Twitter, hashtag free man, right? This is awesome. Imagine what his walk home would be like. And now let's actually see what his walk home was like. Look at his walk home. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and he went and he put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Friends, right after this tremendous mercy, we find unbelievable hypocrisy. Unbelievable. How many of you guys are angry when you read that? You should be, you should be. He's walking home and he sees this dude, right? His boy, he's a fellow servant it says. A fellow servant, which means they work for the same master. They work for the same king. He's on the same level, and he owed him 100 denarii. Remember how much a talent was? How much was a talent? 20 years worth of wages. You know how much a denarii is? One day's wage. One day's wage, right? He owed him 100 denarii. So that's 100 days wages. That's not chump change, all right? I'll take 100 denarii. That, by itself, that, that is quite a bit of money. But let me tell you this. If there is anyone who should be sympathetic toward the 100 denarii debt, who should it be? If there is anyone who could look at this dude's debt and go, bro, I get it, who should it be? If there is anybody in the world who could look at this man's debt and go, bro, I've been there. Trust me. I get it. I understand. I'm sympathizing with you. Don't worry about it. It's the man, the servant. But he doesn't do that. While he should be running home to his wife and celebrating his freedom, look what he does. He doesn't show mercy. He doesn't say, bro, 100 denarii, who cares? I just got free 10,000 free 10, talents. Who cares about 100? To- what? Bro, why are you even begging right now? Just go. He doesn't do that. He chokes him out. This is violence. This is not even like, no, I insist. You're going to pay. He chokes him out. There's an anger there. He says, pay me now. you guys know what deja vu is? How many of you struggle with deja vu? Right? Oh, a lot of you. See, because some people go, I've had deja vu once. I go, not me. I have chronic deja vu. Like, I've diagnosed myself. It's like a disease. Because literally every month. Stop. No, 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 stop it, say something. Oh, it's happening right now, right? I have chronic deja vu where every time, I'll be in a situation and I'm like, dude, this is, I've been here before. I swear I've been here before. Well, actually, your short-term memory is firing into your long-term memory, tricking your brain that you've been here before and actually it just happened. No, I swear I've been here before. Deja vu, anybody have deja vu right now? Look at this deja vu, here we have a servant <laughs> falling down onto his knees, begging, have patience with me. I will pay you. I feel like a servant on his knees, saying please forgive me and be patient, I will pay, I swear I could have seen this somewhere before. You seen this before? Has anybody seen this scene before? Doesn't it sound super familiar? Not for the servant dude the servant the deja vu should have woken him up even if he was angry even if he's choking him out he should have seen servant on his knees begging patience oh my oh my gosh i, I was just a part of the scene but i was on the other end oh god i'm sorry dude i let's continue the deja vu you're free to go you're forgiven this guy is so bitter he's so clueless that he breaks the deja vu right there. And instead, look what he says. He said he puts, or yeah, he puts him in prison until he should pay the debt. He doesn't give him forgiveness. He doesn't even give the dude more time. He puts him in prison. How do you feel? I wanna hear, let's have a family moment here. How do you feel, for real, for real? How do you feel about that? angry who said angry feel angry yeah if this was a movie and you were in the movie theater right now what would you be doing show me your face i want to see it <clears throat> like you just see yeah right you're like are you joking me and then imagine the movie ended there right and you're like there's no resolution Dude, I get super demonstrative in movies. Like, my wife just rolls her eyes, and she's like, Sam, please. And I'm just like, you can't end a movie that way! I'm gonna write a letter to the director! You know? And she's like, it's poetic. And I'm like, I'll show them poetic. (laughs) There's nothing poetic. Well, he wants you to finish the ending and make your own interpretation. Then why did I pay you 15 bucks if I have to write my own interpretation? I get into movies. If this was a movie, and I'm seeing this scene unfold, I'm waiting for, like, the... Ah, just kidding. But no, the dude gets put in the cop car. He's handcuffed. He's driving away. And you're like, any money? now, he's going to, like the popcorn is like stuck right here or the drink is like spilling in your lap. And you're like, he literally just sent him to prison. What is happening here? That level of anger, that level of frustration is exactly how Jesus wants you to feel because this is completely unacceptable. This is unbelievably critical. How can a man who has been forgiven so much fail to forgive so little? How can a man who has just received so much mercy withhold mercy from others? And so look what the response is to this unbelievable hypocrisy. The last verse is here. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, as you guys are, right? They were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Deja vu, anyone? Friends, you see that when you have this kind of unbelievable hypocrisy that you are going to experience dire consequences. Dire consequences. He said, you wicked servant. He's angry. The king is angry. I'm angry. You're angry. The fellow servants are angry because the only appropriate response to receiving mercy is giving mercy But because he refused to forgive his brother, his fellow servant, he's required to pay all of it. Because he refused to give forgiveness, this man who one minute was was going to prison, the next minute he's free as a bird, he's right back into that situation. He's going to be required to pay all of the debt, all 10,000 talents. He's failing to receive forgiveness. Those are the dire consequences. And so now roll the credits, zoom out from the movie. Let's go back to our setting. Where is Jesus when he's telling this story? Talking to Peter. And so he's talking to Peter and he's answering the question, how often should I forgive? How much should I forgive? How much am I required to forgive before before enough is enough? And it's almost as if Jesus is saying through this story, he's saying, that's the wrong question. Students, I don't want you to ask, how much should I forgive? I want you to ask, how much have I been forgiven? I don't want you to look at your friend or your parent or your neighbor and say, how much do I have to forgive? How often do I have to forgive? Instead, look at them and say, how much have I been forgiven? How often have I been forgiven? Because students, those who are forgiven much must forgive much. That's the point of the story. Those of you who are forgiven much must forgive much. Students, in the kingdom of God, if you're a Christian and you've been baptized and you have Jesus as your Lord and we are your family, in this kingdom, we forgive with no limits because we've been forgiven of so much. Students, this story of the unforgiving servant is your story. Every single one of you, every, every single one of me, all of me, right? Every single one of us in this room, we're born like the servant. You have 10,000 talents worth of debt. You have a debt that you will never pay in your life. You have a debt that even if you were sold, even if you worked your tail off, you would never pay God back for your sin. And some of you guys have a religion and your entire religion is made up of you trying to pay God back. You can't. You have a helpless debt. But same, if I'm really good and I go to church and I go to small group and I read my Bible every day, then Jesus, I can earn it. You can't, students. I know the the message of the day is you can do it. I'm here to tell you today, you can't do it. All right? Because I love you, I'm telling you that. You can't pay God back. Your debt is too great. But I'm not just giving you bad news, students, I'm giving you good news. Even though you have a helpless debt, you as high school students, as college students, there is tremendous mercy available. And one of the reasons why we come here every week, one of the reasons why we go away to camp is that we can come face to face with the reality of our debt and we can come together and say, dude, no excuses. I'm pleading, God, the only chance I have is if you give me mercy. There's tremendous mercy, students. And so we celebrate that. We realize that once Jesus saves us, we no longer have this debt. We sang about it with Tessa, right? My sin has been erased. I'll never be the same. You've bought me back. Jesus, you paid my debt. But students, what I want us to know, what I want to become a part of our DNA, is that those of you who are forgiven much, you must forgive much. You must. You must. And you know what happens if you don't? Look at the last verse here. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Jesus says it point blank. If you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. But I thought if I just pray, he'll forgive me. Well, apparently there's a cause there. If you do not forgive your neighbors, their trespass against you, God will not forgive you your trespass against him. There's a quote, and it's anonymous. I love how it's anonymous. The person who quoted it should have just owned it. But this is a quote. One who does not forgive burns the bridge over which he himself must cross. One who does not forgive is burning the bridge which he himself must cross. Those who refuse to forgive, not just in word, in heart, okay? Not just saying the words you forgive, but in your heart, not saying they will pay. Those who forgive, who refuse to forgive will not be forgiven because students, those who are forgiven much must forgive much. And so let's be a community of grace and mercy. Let's be a community that when one of us sins against another person in this room, we don't feel like we can never go back to citizens because they haven't forgiven us. Guys, those who are forgiven much must forgive much. And we've been forgiven a lot because of Jesus Christ.